The thing the time traveller held in his hand was a glittering metallic framework, scarcely larger than a small clock, and very delicately made. There was ivory in it, and some transparent crystalline substance. And now I must be explicit, for this that follows, unless his explanation is to be accepted, is an absolutely unaccountable thing. He took one of the small octagonal tables that were scattered about the room and set it in front of the fire, with two legs on the hearthrug. On this table he placed the mechanism. Then he drew up a chair and sat down. The only other object on the table was a small shaded lamp, the bright light of which fell upon the model. There were also perhaps a dozen candles about, two in brass candlesticks upon the mantel and several in sconces, so that the room was brilliantly illuminated. I sat in a low armchair nearest the fire, and I drew this forward so as to be almost between the time-traveller and the fireplace. Philby sat behind him, looking over his shoulder. The medical man and the provincial mayor watched him in profile from the right, the psychologist from the left. The very young man stood behind the psychologist. We were all on the alert. It appears incredible to me that any kind of trick, however subtly conceived and however adroitly done, could have been played upon us under these conditions. The time-traveller looked at us and then at the mechanism. Well... The time-traveller rested his elbows upon the table and pressed his hands together above the apparatus. This little affair is only a model. It is my plan for a machine to travel through time. You will notice that it looks singularly askew, and that there is an odd twinkling appearance about this bar as though it was in some way unreal. He pointed to the part with his finger. Also, here is one little white lever, and here is another. The medical man got up out of his chair and peered into the thing. It's beautifully made. It took two years to make. After we had all imitated the action of the medical man, he continued. Now, I want you clearly to understand that this lever, being pressed once, sends the machine gliding into the future and this other reverses the motion. This saddle represents the seat of a time-traveller. Presently I am going to press the lever, and off the machine will go. It will vanish, pass into future time, and disappear. Have a good look at the thing. Look at the table, too, and satisfy yourselves there is no trickery. I don't want to waste this model and then be told I'm a quack. There was a minute's pause, perhaps. The psychologist seemed about to speak to me, but changed his mind. Then the time-traveller put forth his finger towards the lever. No, lend me your hand. Turning to the psychologist, he took that individual's hand in his own and told him to put out his forefinger, so that it was the psychologist himself who sent forth the model time-machine on its interminable voyage. We all saw the lever turn. I'm absolutely certain there was no trickery. There was a breath of wind and the lamp flame jumped. One of the candles on the mantel was blown out and the little machine suddenly swung round, became indistinct, 
was seen as a ghost for a second perhaps, as an eddy of faintly glittering brass and ivory, and it was gone, vanished, save for the lamp the table was bare. Everyone was silent for a minute, then Philby said he was damned. The psychologist recovered from his stupor and suddenly looked under the table. At that the time-traveller laughed cheerfully. Well? Getting up, the time-traveller went to the tobacco jar on the mantel and with his back to us began to fill his pipe. We stared at each other. Look here, are you in earnest about this? Do you seriously believe that that machine has travelled into time? The time-traveller stooped to light a spill at the fire. Certainly. 